Okay guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant, Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 3, Episode 41, If Possible. And I'm going to... I have two memory verses I want to read today. One of them is in Romans, so I'm still in Romans. But I want to really just kind of do what I like to do every once in a while and just take one of my all-time favorite verses and just just rant about it and just kind of try to empty my heart on how I feel about this verse and uh, really kind of anything peripherally close to this verse because you guys know I like to kind of wander around and uh, hope I make my point by the time we run out of time. But uh, Romans 12, 18 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And I know I say that about all of them, but this one, in my high school yearbook, my senior quote was, I am Spartacus, because I thought that was hilarious from, you know, from the movie. Um, and not very many people got it because I, I guess not many people had seen the movie. It's an older movie and, you know, I get that too or whatever, but I've always kind of had certain mottos in my life like one of them is go big or go home because i think if you're going to do something you should do it heartily you should do it to the best of your ability because it's in your heart to do it that's why you should do things in my opinion that should be your motivation because like i always say love does not have a motive love is the motive like you don't love people in order to get something from them if 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 it's anything other than giving it's not love for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son love is giving so it's never about getting and you know again like i always say you can give without loving but you can't love without giving jesus said the greatest love a man can have is to lay his life down for his friends so giving your life is the greatest expression of love that you can have. And if you're trying to give in order to get, that's not a gift. That's an investment or or a transaction or, you know, something like that, which, again, is not a pure motive. That's that's you trying to get something. So that's not love. if you're giving in order to try to get that's not love. Love is giving just simply because you want them to have it. That's why Jesus gave his life for us and gave his life to us. He wanted us to have his life. He wanted us to have a better quality of life. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he wanted for us. He wanted us to be able to experience his everlasting, eternal, abundant, resurrection life of love. And the only way for us to experience that life is for him to be lifted up from the earth on the cross, draw all men into himself, plant himself in all men, die, be buried, rise again, and and, and again, and you know, he, he had drawn us into himself, so when he died, we died, we were buried, and we rose again, and we, we kind of, uh, individually in our own lives, we kind of use, you know, water baptism as a way to uh, really identify with that death, burial, and resurrection. We go down into the water as the old man, and we come up as the new man. It's not making a change in our life, but it's accepting the change that was made 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross. You know, I always talk about how in the beginning we were 
made in the image and likeness of God. And then on the cross, we were conformed into the image of God's only son, Jesus. So that, that conforming is when we really began to understand the image and likeness that we were made in. That's when we really began to be able to experience that God life, that life of love, that abundant life that Jesus came for us to have. Because, you know, it, it it's, my mom once said to me, either the cross changed everything or it didn't change anything. And I think sometimes a lot of people get stuck with the idea of, uh, you know, even, even with baptism, I've heard people say, well, if I get baptized and then I sin again, do I need to be baptized again? And my answer to that is, you know, when Jesus was hanging from the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I think he was talking about every human who had ever been or would ever be. Because, you know, I heard a preacher say it like this. People want to ask me about like, like, what about the sins that are in my future? Like, what about sins that I haven't committed yet? Do I need to re be forgiven for those after I do them? And his response was, when Jesus died on the cross, all your sins were in your future because you weren't even born yet. So it's so big and it's so massive and it's so powerful that we have to break this mindset of, okay, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Because if you're a sinner and you got saved by grace, you're not a sinner anymore. You've been transformed. And that's what uh, a different verse, I believe in the book of Romans, talks about being not conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we have our mind renewed, that's when we accept the transformation that took place, in a sense, being transformed into what we've already been transformed into. It's, it's knowing and believing. It's accepting the truth that has happened. It's knowing the truth that has happened. The truth has set us free and made us free. That already happened. But if you don't know the truth and you don't know that you're free, then it's hard to act like you are. It's hard to experience that freedom. So uh, let me get back to where I wanted to start today, which is my, my main memory verse for today. And it's Romans chapter 12, verse 18. And I'm going to read it in the ESV, the English Standard Version, and the NLT, the New Living Translation. In the ESV, it says, Romans 12, 18 reads, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And that's obviously why I called this rant today, If Possible. And I'm really going to dive into that, but what we're talking about is living peaceably with all. You know, Paul wrote at length about how he said, I become all things to all people so that I might win some for Christ. He was talking about meeting people wherever they were at in order to show them this glorious truth. He said, to those under the law, I am as under the law. Not that I'm under the law, but I can relate to them on that level. So it, it, it's like you can always find common ground with people if you want to, if you're looking for it. It's easy to find reasons to be enemies, and sometimes it's harder to find reasons to be friends, but those reasons are there. You can find them. And if you're not being uh, religiously judgmental, I guess I'll say, for lack of a better term, remember we talked about judgment and how 
in my opinion. The Bible is not saying don't judge. It's teaching us how to judge because everybody judges everything all of the time. But the key is to not judge by appearance, but to judge righteous judgment, to uh, bring forth the judgment that has already been made and execute that judgment. So when we're quote unquote judging people, what we really need to do is we need to relate to them. We need to stop seeing ourselves as better than somebody or as worse than somebody, which is what uh, my pastor was always fond of saying. He would always say, I'm not better than anybody else, but I'm not worse either. Like we're all just people and we can get along if we choose to. We can find things in common. Uh, one of the other pastors at my old church would always say, major on the major and minor on the minors. If we have the important things in common, then the little things don't matter. We don't have to fight about little things. We don't have to fight about anything, really. And listen, I'm not saying that you should accept everything because you should not. There are some things in this world that we should not accept. There are some things in this world that we should take a stand against. And, and you know, one of the biggest things to me in my personal life that I'll just use as an example is as a father, one of the, one of the biggest things that's always heavy on my heart is protecting the children. And it's, you know, that, that covers a very broad spectrum. But the point is, is that I'm not saying, when I'm saying judge righteous judgment, when I'm saying find common ground with people, Jesus ate with sinners, but that didn't make Jesus a sinner. Jesus did not condone anybody's sin. Jesus ate with sinners so that he could relate to sinners, so that he could win them, so that he could show them a more excellent way, so that he could change their lives. It's the same idea as when uh, when a leper came to touch Jesus. Jesus wasn't afraid of touching a leper, even though they're so contagious, and even though they were outcasts, and even though nobody else would touch them. Jesus was not afraid that he was going to catch leprosy, because Jesus knew if he touched a leper, they were going to catch Jesus. Because, you know, the thing that's more powerful is the thing, really, it's overpowering. Whatever's more powerful will you know, take control of the situation, if I can say it that way. And in our lives, when, when we're not dealing with, you know, physical lepers, our love is the most powerful force. It's the most powerful thing. Our love can be overpowering. And, and I don't mean crushing people with our love. I don't mean choking people with the Bible or with Jesus. If you if if you try to shove Jesus down somebody's throat, they're going to choke on it and they're going to throw it up and they're not going to want anything to do with it. The harder you squeeze, the more things slip through your fingers. So a lot of times the best way to quote unquote preach the gospel or to quote unquote tell people about Jesus is just simply by loving them. Because that's who God is. When you show somebody love, you're showing them God. And you don't need to put a name on it. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Paul. You know, I blame everything on Paul if I'm not sure who it is. But they were talking about uh, even, I believe it was in the book of Acts, they were talking about uh, the unnamed God. And whoever it was, I think it was, we're going to go with Paul, even if it wasn't. That's who we're going to go with today. Paul said, you even have a shrine to the unnamed God. And I'm here to tell you who that unnamed God is because you've been praying to him this whole time and you didn't even know you were praying to the Heavenly Father. And it's like, there's so many times in my life I see people who profess, you know, no quote unquote religion, no spirituality at all. And I see them showing God 
in their in their deeds in their actions just because the light inside of them shines out of them just because the love inside of them comes out of them and they don't have to understand that it's Jesus they don't you don't have to tell them you don't have to make them feel weird about what they're doing if love is happening good enough right like don't try to stifle it don't 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 try to uh label it or market it or or whatever else if love is happening that's a good thing that's what's supposed to be happening and really as far as judging goes the best thing that you can do is set an example the best thing that you can do is be who god has called you to be the best thing that you can do is show love to people which again is what romans 12 18 says if possible so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all and i want to do i i, I do want to say that sometimes it's not possible sometimes it doesn't depend on you there are people in this world who will not like you no matter what even if you try to kill them with kindness that some people are not going to pick up what you're laying down they're just not and the bible talks about that too when uh i believe it was jesus actually i think it was the red letters when when he was telling his disciples to go preach in different towns and he said i think it's the message bible he says something along the lines of uh if you're not received in that town don't make a big deal about it shrug your shoulders and move on to the next one you don't have to fight every battle it's not your job to quote unquote win every soul to me the most effective thing you can do is get in where you fit in the most effective thing you can do as uh as mother Teresa said if you want to change the world go home and love your family my son is my biggest place of influence if i can love him and i can fill him up with so much love and then he goes out and he loves the people that he comes into contact with like that's that's how it works i don't have to go love everybody i can find and i'm not saying you shouldn't love the people that you come into contact with of course you should i'm saying i'm saying that once you give something all you've got it's either enough or it isn't and either way you've done what you can do you don't have to like i always say i i, I like to say it like this you don't have to break your arm to give someone a hand, right? You, you there, there's a lot to be said about ministering out of your weakness and 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 out of your um, experience. And if you can tell somebody, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. That's a really real way to let them know that I know what I'm talking about. Because a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. If you think something, but I know it that's a big difference so you don't have to ever go past the point of what you can do we are called to live out of our abundance i think it was john the baptist when they asked him what should we do and he said if you have two coats give one to somebody who doesn't have one he didn't say give all your coats away and freeze to death he didn't say kill yourself helping people he said live out of your abundance if you've got two you don't need two if you've got two and somebody has zero, give them one and then you each have a coat and then things are better all around. And that was one of Jesus's biggest things that he would do in his earthly ministry is he would just improve the human condition. He would uh, turn water into wine to keep the party going. He would feed people who were hungry. He would heal people who were sick. He would make things better wherever he went. 
And that's what you do when you love people wherever you're at. And again, if at all, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. The, uh, the NLT reads, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. If you do all that you can and it's not enough, then it's not enough. You can't do more than all that you can, right? I'll say it again. Once you've given something everything you've got, it's either enough or it isn't. And either way, you've done what you can do and you've done what you're expected to do. Just give it your all. Just do the best that you can. It, uh, it's from a cartoon where where the, the, the dog says, do your best and forget the rest. And really, that's all we can do. So do all that you can to live in peace with everyone, if possible. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Which to me means even if there's somebody that you can't live in peace with, do everything you can to live in peace with them. You don't, you know, uh, I found in my life that if there's somebody who I just plain straight cannot live in peace with, I just stay away from them. I just avoid them. I, I don't push the issue. I don't try to force myself into them or, or let them force themselves into me. I just, you know, if, if you're not, I know I'm not for everybody. Believe me, I used to preach in a, a much more traditional church setting and then i was pretty much told you don't fit in here and i said i agree and then i started doing uh the different things um online that i've been doing and now kind of culminating with with these uh with this podcast with these rants that i do um which is to say i know i'm not for everybody and that's okay you don't have to be for everybody you're not supposed to be for everybody but when you find the people that you are for when you get in where you fit in, I'll say it again, my son is my biggest influence. Like I, I can influence him the most because we have that relationship and that connection. And I think it's a good thing to build those connections with people, with as many people as you can. Like that, it's not good that man should be alone. And I'm saying this as somebody who is for the most part, pretty antisocial. Like if, if I had my way about it, I would probably be quiet more than not. But it's important to make connections with people. It's important to have relationships with people. We were built that way. There's something inside of us. We are social creatures to a degree. Everybody to a degree is. Even introverts like me. Even people who would rather be quiet a lot of times like me. When the situation calls for it, you know, I've, I've said this a lot of times too. Preach the gospel at all times. And if you have to, use your words. You can, it doesn't always have to be talking to people to, to uh, live peaceably with them. Sometimes not talking is the best way to be peaceful. So you, you don't have to chime in on everything. It's the thumper rule, right? If you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything. You don't have to fight every battle. You don't have to correct every person. If it, 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 Sometimes we get so angry and so fired up about things that we can't do anything about. And I found that if I can't do anything about it, it's best to do nothing. I'm just going to make things worse if I try and try and try and try to force things to be how I want them to be. And not only that, but who, why do I get to decide what it should be for somebody else? I get to decide, to decide what it should be for me. And to a large degree, I get to decide what it should be for my son. Because right now he's 12. And when he's an adult, that'll be a different dynamic anyway. But my point is is what's right for me isn't necessarily right for you. There are some things that are right no matter what. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying 
in large measure in this uh, very universal but very individual human experience that we're all going through, just because it's right for me doesn't mean it's right for you. And it's not okay for me to try to push what I think is right onto you. So living in peace a lot of times means being peaceful, being quiet, not picking fights, not trying to quote unquote fix things that you cannot fix and, are, and, and quite frankly are not responsible for fixing. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone, including not saying every thought that pops into your head. You don't have to believe everything you think and you don't, you surely don't have to say everything you think. So now that I think I beat that drum pretty well, I want to read one more memory verse for today and then I'm going to close this out. You guys know I'm not going to keep us too long. I'm going to do my guerrilla gospel. I'm going to do my hit and run. I'm going to give you something hopefully to chew on, but not to choke on. And my last verse for today is Matthew chapter five, verse nine. And these are the, the red letters. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation first, then the King James. This is Jesus. And he said in Matthew 5, 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And in the King James it reads, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And I always liked this verse too because there's just something about in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, e even in the Old Testament, where we have this idea that the people of Israel were uh, a, a very warlike people, and they did have some wars. I'm not saying that they didn't, especially like in the book of uh, the Chronicles of the Kings, when when they kind of rejected God as their king, and they had human kings, and then things went kind of really, really bad. But there's this all throughout the Bible. There's a, a thread of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Peace is a very, very important thing in the Bible. And I think really, honestly, peace is a very important thing in all of our lives. There's somebody very special in my life who uh, all, 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 the, all, all she wants is peace. And sometimes that can be hard to achieve, but it's so important. Peace of mind is so important. Like, stress kills man like it literally does if you're stressed out that affects you on a physical level peace is so important and where it says uh you know blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of god or it says god blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of god my understanding of that uh that idea of being called a children of god to me that that means that peacemakers will be identified as children of God. Jesus said in a different place that people will know you're my disciples because of the love that you have one for another. If we really want to be uh, quote unquote Christians, if we really want the world to know who we are, it's not by what we call ourselves. It's not by wearing a cross around your neck. And I don't have anything against that. I have a big old cross tattoo on my arm which is funny because uh, I, I had a guy at work tell me the other day, oh, I didn't even know you believe in Jesus. You never talk about him. And I have a big cross on one forearm and the words faith, hope, and love on the other forearm. And I'm like, guy, I'm not hiding my faith. I, I don't cram Jesus down anybody's throat, but I don't hide it either. And, and I hope I show it rather than tell it just by loving people, which again is my whole point. Peacemakers will be identified 
as children of God. If you're somebody who brings peace into a situation, you're the kind of person that people will want to have around. If you're the type of person that brings strife and brings drama and brings, um, you know, fighting and uh, I want to avoid that person. I don't want to try to uh, talk that person out of who they are or what they do. I just don't want anything to do with it. I identify that person or I call that person something other than a child of God. So peacemaker, making peace, doing everything in your power, doing all that you can, if possible, so far as it depends on you, living peaceably with all. And again, that doesn't mean you have to accept everything because it's not possible to. And as far as it depends on you, you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. But even in those situations where you can't stand for something, you can still, you, you still don't have to be, uh, I, you still don't have to attack people. I have a problem with attacking. I have no problem with defending. If someone attacks you, I think you should be able to defend yourself. Because, you know, again, I guess maybe kind of as my introverted kind of uh, antisocial way, like, I don't necessarily want people in my bubble. If you're allowed in my bubble, you're a very special person. But I just have this idea of, you know, I need to take care of me and choose what's okay for me. And you don't get to choose what's okay for me. You don't get to attack me. If, if there's an attack, I think a defense is okay. And I think that's a big part of what the whole armor of God is, which I'm sure, which I've ranted about before. And I'm sure I will rant about again. But even if there's something that you can't stand for, it doesn't mean it's your job to quote unquote fix it. Because sometimes you can't. Sometimes people will not hear what you're saying. Sometimes people will not be able to pick up what you're laying down. And and again, with those people, in my opinion, and I think I have biblical grounds to stand on, in those situations, you shrug your shoulders and you move on. You don't have to fight every battle. You don't have to keep banging your head against the wall. You don't have to keep pouring yourself into a black hole. Like, do what you can do and go from there. If it works, great. If it doesn't, okay. You know, some some plant a seed, some water the seed, but it's God who reaps the harvest. It's God who makes the seed grow. So even if, you know, even if you do your best and it doesn't seem like it worked, you may have planted a seed. And again, at the very least, you did your part and you can be okay with that. You can hold your head high and you can say, I did my part. You can say, I did everything that I could do to live peaceably with them to live in peace with everyone and god blesses those who work for peace it doesn't even say and i like it in the new living translation where it says god blesses those who work for peace it doesn't say god blesses those who achieve peace it's the effort that matters it's the heart that matters it's the motivation that matters why did you do that while i was working for peace it didn't work out but i was trying i wanted peace to happen i, I was working for it Blessed are the peacemakers. If you if you're if you're making peace, if you're working for peace, if peace is your goal, if love is your goal, and if that's where your motivation comes from, if that's what you're trying to do, then even if you fail, at least you tried. You were trying to do something good. And and it doesn't always work out, you know? It doesn't. But we learn more from failure than we do from success. So it's okay to not work out. The only true failure is when you fail to try. When you give up, that's when you fail. 
And I don't think shrugging your shoulders and moving on is giving up. I think it's just simply taking your talents to where they will be appreciated, taking your talents to where they will be effective, right? So, you know, if I keep saying uh, loving my son is the biggest influence I can have, then loving some random person who won't hear it from me it doesn't mean my love isn't effective. It doesn't mean my love doesn't work. It just means that it's not for everybody or, or, or maybe even not for everybody right now. And even if it doesn't work for that person, even if they can't hear what I'm saying, I don't have to keep, keep on hammering them. I don't have to keep fighting for peace. Working for peace is different than fighting for peace. A lot of times we think, well, I got to win the fight and then there will be peace. Well, not really. The best way to make peace is to get the situation to not have a fight. So I don't know that that was heavy on my heart. Just that verse, the just that phrase, if possible, if it's possible to be peaceful, do it. And, and most of the time it is because again, you can do the thumper rule. And if you don't have anything nice to say, you can just keep your mouth shut. You don't have to say anything at all. Like, like, to me, a big part of being peaceful is not being warlike. A big part of being peaceful is letting people be who they are. And again, to a point, you know, turning the other cheek doesn't mean you stand there and let people slap you. It just means you don't retaliate. So we need to find the line of what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. And, and we need to find the balance of what we can do about things. And we need to have wisdom when dealing with other people because it's not our job to change other people. It's the Holy Spirit's job to show people the change that has been made. And I've, I've, you know, I've stumbled around and I've ranted around and I've gotten to our time. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope this uh, is helpful and meaningful. I like to do things that are practical where the rubber meets the road to help us get from the start of the day to the end of the day. So thank you guys and we'll see you next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that are written on there they're also on amazon i have an author's page on amazon um i've written a lot of books i'm pretty proud of them you can order them i try to keep them cheap because i don't like to pay a lot of money for books and i don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine so check that out um if you want to support the podcast itself you can find it on anchor.fm if you just search for jesus rant um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, and you can you can support it. Excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it, and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it to uh, to help me to get the word out. Which you know, as we know by now, is is my heart is just getting this word out. Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.